0: All right, let's pray together. <clears throat> Father God, we thank you for the riches of your word, and we thank you that your word is not something that we merely read and then walk away and are like a, a man who looks at himself in the mirror and we forget. God, your word is to be applied. It is, it's our our, our roadmap, Lord. It's our guide in life. It's um, Father, it's everything to us. I mean, the promises that you speak over us, the, the, the path that you have for us to walk in, we don't want to miss that. We don't want to read about one thing and then live something else and miss the abundant life that you've called us to. We don't want to, 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 to just walk away from the joy of our salvation that you have for us every day. Every day is a day you've made, and we just thank you that the word of God helps us to rejoice and be glad in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so today we're in Psalm 100, and I need a reader, okay? So I choose all of you, okay? So stand up, let's read this one together. Psalm 100, beautiful, beautiful psalm. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Amen. You can be seated. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, so today, very, very simple sermon, okay? Um, The goal today is application, all right? So what we're going to do is we are literally, in just a few minutes, going to take Psalm 100, and we are going to apply it to our lives, okay? So here's what I'm going to do to get started. I'm going to cook up, all right? That means invent, I'm gonna invent a hypothetical situation, and we're just gonna see how this works, okay? So in our hypothetical pretend situation, let's pretend for just a minute that the backdrop of this story is that the world has been a little bit crazy lately. You know? Just, we'll pretend that, say, there was like a big sickness that rolled through a few years ago. Um, Some people would call it an epidemic, and it just, it, it got so odd that even the government kind of stepped into it, right? And I noticed nobody laughed at that, right? Um, <clears throat> the government stepped in, and we'll, we'll just pretend that people, some people overreacted to it, some people underreacted to it, and in the end, it kind of turned into an emotional civil war, you know, it kind of traumatized a lot of people. Then, okay, we'll say that things even got kind of weird and wacky politically, Okay? I mean, just say, you know, politics is always kind of weird, but it just kind of got bonkers, right? In our world and in our government, and you could even throw in an out-of-control dictator or two overseas somewhere. Um, Then the economy got a little shaky, right? And it got so shaky that even the price of eggs went up, all right? But no worries for us, no worries at all, because we still have our church, Right? We still have our spiritual family where things are always stable, reliable, and familiar, you know? I mean, hey, if there's one place that nothing's ever going to change, it's going to be your church. We've got that. But then let's pretend one of our staff members, a long-termer who would just say maybe he was here almost 20 years, and after a lot of prayer, he just really felt like it was time to retire, and even though we sort of should have, or the people in the story should have seen it coming, you know, it caught a lot of folks off guard. And then, while the ink was still drying on that announcement, another staff person, I mean, I don't know, um, say it was the associate pastor, right? Would just pretend that the associate pastor really felt led to become a senior pastor, And he left, and and again, the worst part of it is he took his beautiful wife with him that everybody loves even more than him. And and I know, I know, I'm being crazy today. This is a nutty example. Never happened in a million years. If you're visiting, man, that pastor's got one active imagination. Yes! But I would just like to suggest something, okay, that, that we all know is true. A situation like that, it can have one of two possible outcomes in a church, for us. I mean, the the people in the story I just made up. Um, but seriously, we've all heard about situations like this in churches, where there was nothing wrong biblically. You know, it wasn't like he, the pastor's up here and he's preaching the comics or uh, and by the way, kids' comics are things that used to come in these things called newspapers. But, you know, but, but the, the, where the, the, the teaching is biblical, there's nothing morally wrong. Ethically, nobody's done anything. There, there's no abuse of power, but things fundamentally changed. And God was the one behind the change. He was the one doing the changing. It just happened to be a season in that church where God was pruning The church. God was reordering some things in the church. And the fact of the matter is, it just happened to be God's timing in the lives of the people, which also means that it's God's timing in the life of the church. And so you have a situation like that, and instead of rolling with that situation, what God is doing, people got fearful. People got worried. They got anxious. You know, maybe even accusatory and just kind of got squirrely. Or, the other side of that, the leadership did. You know, the leadership got fearful and squirrely and, you know, maybe accusatory and, and all that stuff. And then suddenly, goodwill and trust, it just evaporated in the church instantly. We've heard about situations like this. And then, to quote my cat again, the first started flying, right? I mean, people started talking it up. The exit doors to the church swung open and people started filing out. Or, you know, and or maybe the pastor and other key personnel just gave up. Or maybe, since it's the the wild, wild west, you know, they got run out of town. By the way, what I have just described is not Cornerstone Church right now. I want you to know that. It's not a cute way to say, hey, get it together. That really is not our situation, but it does happen. And there's a reason why that happens in, in churches, a couple of reasons. One is that the situation actually is Kind of scary, you know, it's kind of unknown. We don't know what comes next, there's a a real element of risk. But it also happens because people take their eyes off the Prince of Peace who has a perfect plan for the church. A perfect plan that often involves disruption and inconvenience. Do we know that as the people of God? You know, I mean, what is human nature? Human nature is, I want every day to just be, hey, everything's coming up roses and everything's wonderful and easy and, you know, my bank account is swollen and just, oh, the kids are being good and everybody's like, we want that. But it's not really good for us, is it? And when you look at scripture, what you see in the lives of everybody you would call a hero is the same thing. It's disruption. It's challenge. It's tests. You know, God uses that to grow us up, to make us like himself. We're actually promised that in the word of God. And so we've got that first way, but there is another way for us. And that other way really involves the word of God. At times like this in the life of a church, the word of God, the scripture, it is such a lifesaver for the people of God. The people of God who take it to heart, the people of God who take it into their hearts and stand on the word of God and walk in in the way that it prescribes for us. And so here we have today Psalm 100, where the writer states right off the bat, okay, I mean, just how could he have the nerve to say this? But he says, shout to the Lord, worship the Lord with gladness and joyful songs. And he adds that one little phrase in the midst of it. All the earth. Now, that is a reference to people everywhere, you know, that we were all made for worship. But, y'all, that's also a reference to people everywhere at all times going through all kinds of things. Shout to the Lord, worship the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful songs, you who are having a good day. And you who are having a bad day, you who are just enjoying peace today, you who just, you feel like it's just the craziest day of all time, you who are in a difficult season, a trying season, and sure, there's a part of that where we can all say, yeah, I will on the good days, you know? When we're having a good day, hallelujah, Jesus, I just got a bonus. You know, we can all do that. But how is it possible to come before God with joy, and gladness when times are tough, you know, when things are hard, when, when something tragic happens in our life, when, when we're scared, or we're going through scarcity. I mean, right when we're living in those, right in the middle of what if, fill in the blank, how do we do it? Well, joy, gladness, and praise all begin with what we know, according to Psalm 100. In other words, it it has to do with what we remember, what we call to mind, what we focus on. Verse 3, the writer says, in the midst of whatever you're going through all the earth, remember that the one you call Lord, he is God. He is over everything, you know, he's not the Lord of yesterday when the Bible was written. He's the Lord of today. He's the living God of every situation. He's overall. Ecclesiastes 3, he has a God-given time for all things, not just some things. Romans eleven thirty-six. 36, from him and through him and for him are all things. That's who he is. And you you want this thing to get better? Well, the next line, and this, when it comes to this God, he made us, and we are his. We're not orphans. We're not outcasts. We're not has-beens. We're not less-thans. We're not Used to be, but not anymore. Absolutely not. Psalm 100, we are his people. We're his people. We're the sheep of his pasture. We're his beloved. I love what David says, who wrote so many of these psalms. The apple of his eye. What a sweet phrase that just captures who you are in the eyes and the heart of God. That's who we are. And so when times are tough, what do we do? We call these things to mind. We remember these things. We lift these up. We think on these things. And so what's happening here is very simple. What we're doing is we remember who he is, and suddenly we know who we are. Man, what a beautiful movement, spiritually speaking. Have y'all ever done that before? You just, oh, having, having just the worst day of all time, and man, you can list it all day long and get all that energy. And then you look back and you just see what God has done in your life. You you remember who he is and it just changes things. That's what the writer is calling us to do. But then we get to verse four where we are encouraged now after remembering who God is and remembering who we are, we are invited to do something, all right? Now this something we're invited to do is countercultural. okay? I'm gonna go ahead and tell you that. And by the way, I'm not trying to get on the soapbox here on this one. We need to be more countercultural, right? That's one thing that's... It's one of, I was talking to a pastor about this this week, and we, we want to recapture the culture of the church. We want to be who we are. Well, this is one of those. This is countercultural. You will not see this in hard situations out there in the world, but we're called to do it. It's also counterintuitive. This is not something you're going to just automatically do when you know the wheels are falling off in your life. We, this something, by the way, is foolishness to this world. But it just so happens that it ends up being the very wisdom of God. You know what it is? We enter his gates with thanksgiving. We literally turn on thanksgiving to God like a fire hose. And I know it sounds crazy to us as human beings, but it is the Word of God, it is our call. as as his people to thank God. And yet the question comes back, because we're all human beings, right? We're all affected by stuff. How? How can we turn on thanks to God at a time like this? I mean, in our situation, right? I mean, Donnie's leaving us. And I don't know if y'all know this about me and Donnie, but Donnie's my boy, you know, my posse. This is is my guy, you know? I told Donnie, I was like, you're one of my favorite people I have ever worked with. I mean top 3 you're in there I won't tell you which one but baby you're up there I mean how do you th- how do you seriously how do you thank God like that at a time like that how do we thank God as a people when that brings our staff down to 5 I mean do we have enough players to cover the bases on the spiritual ball field with 5 it can really be challenging well here's how we do it we simply look around Again, I kind of alluded to this earlier. We 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 look around and see what is good, and we just start thanking God for it. God, thank you for the gift of Donnie, Roxy, Hannah, Jalen, and that amazing dog Finn. Thank you for the gift of them. Thank you for the gift of them in our lives for the last 15 years. Man, that's something to be grateful for, right? Thank you, God, that you have grown Donnie up right before our eyes. You're not going to believe me when I say this. There used to be a time when Donnie was shaggy and scruffy, okay? (laughs) There used to, but he's a man now. No, but, I mean, he has grown up before our eyes. I mean, it's been a beautiful spiritual journey. The leadership that I've seen in the last four years, just the, the, the preaching ability, I mean, Sometimes he's a hard act to follow. That's why we had to get rid of him. You know what I mean? But it's, and and here's the thing, God is promoting him in the kingdom. Thank you, God, for that. Thank you that you are not going to bless Donnie and Roxy at our expense. You're not gonna bless them and leave us high and dry. God, thank you that you're promoting them and you're also promoting us for our faithfulness, because we had something to do with who Donnie became, and he knows that. I promise you he does. Thank you, Lord, and I'm, I thank God for this. Thank you that we are a praying church. Thank you that we have a praying leadership. Thank you that our leadership isn't filled with a bunch of power players who have agendas, and we're going to turn into to, the, the church into a Frankenstein monster of our own making. We're going to seek your face. We're looking to you, Lord, right now. We're seeking what, what comes next. Thank you, God, that you are the Lord of this church, and not Steve, and not our elders. And also, thank you, Lord, that Steve and Jane have no plans to go anywhere right now, okay? Just just so you know. I've been asked it a couple of times. That's right, isn't it, Jane? (laughs) Thank you, sweetheart. Okay. so, so we do that. we literally, and I don't know if you've ever done that, just begin to thank God. Uh, uh, Roger and I were talking about this the other day. Two greatest prayers we can ever pray are help me and thank you. Man, work that thank you in a difficult situation. And yet there are some times when we struggle to do that. The situation is so painful and so hard, we just, we just can't do that. Well, here's something you can do. Then give thanks to God that he is in the situation. Thank you, Lord, that you promise in your word that you will never leave or forsake me. Thank you that you who began a good work, you've promised to finish that word. Thank you, Lord, that I am never alone and we are not here to fend for ourselves. Thank you, God, that you are right here, right now. And then verse five, here's a few goodies you can throw in there. Thank you that you are good. The writer makes sure we know that. Thank you, God, that you are good. And we know the phrase, right? God is good all the time, all the time God is good, especially now. That's biblical truth. We thank God for his goodness. Uh, Going on, thank you, God, that your love endures forever. There's no expiration date on the love of God. It didn't end, right, with with, with the first church. It's still true right now. There is never a time when God is not loving. There's never a time when his love is not cast on his people, individually and collectively. And then finally, and this is a good one, thank you, Lord, and I got ahead of myself. Man, thank you, God, that you are faithful to all generations. And that was that reference, you know, he who began a good work, he's always, always doing that good work in our lives. Thank you, God. This is how we pray the word of God over our situations, over our church, over our lives. And I'll tell you one thing, you talk about renewing your mind, resetting your mind, changing your thinking. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Donnie, this is just between us, so forget. Uh, when when I first found out you were leaving, um, I was happy for you, you know. I didn't sleep for about three nights just trying to do the math and all this. So, so I began to reflect on who God is and what he does. I, I went back 153 years to God's faithfulness as church, I slept like a baby when I did that. We reset and renew our mind like this with the word of God. Just remembering who God is, what God does. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. That's how we live out, by the way, uh, Isaiah 35, 4. That's how we say to our fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear, your God will come. We lock onto the word of God. We speak the Word of God, and we let the Word of God set the tone. And then what happens is we get to watch God do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask and imagine. That's how we enter in to to worship. That's how we come before Him with joyful songs and gladness regardless of circumstances. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to do that, Right? We're going to celebrate. That's what worship gets to be today. We are going to celebrate who our God is, right? And that he's doing something really good right now, here and here, okay? Let me pray for us. Oh, God, we love you. Your word is so rich. Your word is the best meal and I just thank you that you, you have this way of doing this with us. And we see it in, in all the Psalms, Psalm 73, especially, Lord, but where we come in shaken in our boots, and then we put ourselves underneath your word, and then your spirit meets our hearts. And then maybe nothing has changed on the outside, but everything has changed within us. So, Father God, right now, we want in this worship time, we want to celebrate you, we want to honor you, Father, even as we we, we sing, we are thanking you for what you're doing in Roxy and Donnie's life. And Father, I thank you for what you're doing in Cornerstone Church. Lord, I have been so excited about what comes next with this beautiful family. We just bless you. We love you. We honor you. Receive our worship, God, in Jesus' name.